Welcome to the Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode three, the problem with periwinkles and us. It is common knowledge that human actions are changing the world. Our resource use, energy consumption, and waste production are changing the atmosphere and climate, impacting the habits of virtually every living thing on the planet. It may surprise you to know that we are neither the first nor the only group of organisms to have changed things so profoundly. The evolution of photosynthetic bacteria billions of years ago oxygenated the atmosphere, wrecking life for the anaerobic bacteria that had ruled Earth previously, and enabling the eventual rise of aerobic organisms like us. Burrowing marine worms stirred up so much sediment that they killed the now long-extinct, not-quite-animal organisms that came before them. The development of land plants may have caused so much runoff that the subsequent algal blooms drew enough carbon dioxide from the atmosphere to trigger an ice age. These latter examples are compelling speculations that illustrate the possibilities of organisms profoundly changing an ecosystem as large as a planet. On a smaller scale, we can see similar impacts. Walk along the shoreline in nearly any type of habitat, rocky shore, cobbled beach, mudflat, salt marsh, in the northwest Atlantic, and you will encounter the ubiquitous common periwinkle, Littorina litteria. Like all snails, it is classified in the taxonomic class gastropoda. It shares a body plan that includes a muscular foot and an unusual twisting that occurs during development that results in, among other things, the close proximity of the anus to the head. If you'd like, take a moment now to murmur a word of thanks to whatever higher power you choose that you aren't a gastropod. Littorina litteria are grazing herbivores. They spend their days, at least the parts of their days when the tide is high, cruising around the bottom, using their rasping tongues, called radula, to lick and scrape away the surface of both micro and macro algae. Scientists have subjected them to many taste tests, and it turns out they prefer soft-bodied, relatively tender algae, though they will, like most of us, eat anything if they're hungry enough. Their ability to eat algae is in many ways their defining characteristic, at least in terms of their ecological impact, because, it turns out, they have a dark secret. Littorina litteria are an invasive species. This has been a subject of debate for many years, but the current thinking, based on some of the more recent genetic analyses of not only the periwinkle, but also its most common parasites, places the origins of the founders of the North American invasion as Europe, specifically Ireland and Scotland. In the British Isles, Littorina litteria is also known as edible periwinkle, and one of the more romantic stories about why they are here is that they were brought purposely to Nova Scotia as a food source but it's more likely that they came, like most other marine invasive species, inadvertently, in ballast, or as a fowling organism. Because Littorina litteria isn't endemic here, it is not co-evolved with other members of the shoreline ecosystem. Those relationships serve to hold species in check and establish a relative equilibrium in the system. The result of Littorina litteria's introduction has been a significant change in many of the ecosystems where these snails are now found. Experiments which removed and prevented the reintroduction of Littorina litteria from portions of a cobble beach in southern New England demonstrated the dramatic change in habitat. Without the snail's constant grazing pressure, seaweed was rapidly able to colonize the beach. The rapidly growing canopy of seaweed then served to collect sediment, creating a more soft-bottomed habitat, suitable for all kinds of burrowing organisms. Salt marsh grasses also readily re-established. It turns out that having a constant and virtually unchecked grazer in your environment can really change things. 
We know this from the open range and the problems of livestock overgrazing, but who thought it could happen in the intertidal zone from an inconspicuous snail? That overgrazing then changes the very ground the other organisms live, or not, on or in, eliminating an entire ecological group, the infauna. I bring this up not to excuse our behavior, but to demonstrate the precedent. Species are a product of their environment, to be sure, but species have also been shaping those same environments to the benefit or detriment of other species as long as life has been here. Should we know better than to radically alter ecosystems for our own short-term benefit? Yes, definitely. But should the periwinkle? This has been Episode 3 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The music is Lightstream by the artist Sid Hartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening, and join us next week.